How's everybody doing this morning? You ever like start singing and like you're singing so hard that your abs hurt? Like that's how that's what the point I got to when we were worshiping. Like I was just going all out and it was just like, oh, I don't know how much more I can take of this because my abs are hurting and I haven't worked them out. Right? You want to get good abs? Just start singing. Start praising the Lord. But I'll tell you what, like this, that whole worship set, it couldn't have set this message up any uh, better than it has. Um, Pastor Chris was actually supposed to preach today, and if you haven't heard, uh, he got into a little accident. Um, he was swimming with his kids, and the pool he was in, he wasn't really used to it, so he didn't know the makeup underneath the water. And it went from three to five, just like any other pool. Most of your pools will go from a, a shallow end to a deep end. Well, he went to go dive in. His kids wanted him to dive in at a certain spot. And when he dove in, he hit his head on the three foot instead of going into the five foot. And he ended up busting his head open. He got a concussion. So he is not here today. So I'm stepping in. Um, but he is going to be back hopefully next week. Um, but, yep, in Jesus' name, he had to go get stitches. But he is doing all right. Um, and he's going to be back as soon as he can. But I want to talk about something today. This is going to be a different message. Probably This is probably a message I've never preached before, so I'm kind of excited to get into it. But I really believe that God is going to do something special in us today, and I really, really believe he's going, to, he's going to bring healing to our hearts, uh, to everybody's heart in this place today. So if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, because I'm going to give you a lot, of, a lot of good information, that the title of this message is going to be A Clean Slate. A Clean Slate. We sing that song, I never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. We have to understand something, that forgiveness of sins is something that is so central to what Christianity is, and it was the main plan of God's salvation to us, right? From the beginning of time, God has sought mankind out, even after they fell. If you look in the garden, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, and they ran and they hid from God, who was the one calling out to them? To see where they were. It was God. If you read in the Old Testament and, and Israel is in the wilderness that they came out of Egypt, God implemented the sacrifices so that they could be forgiven and brought into right relationship with him. He was seeking to reconcile. He was seeking to forgive. When Israel arrived in the promised land, they would constantly, if you read the book of Judges, they would constantly, and the book of Kings as well, but they would constantly turn from the Lord. They would turn away. They would follow him for a little while, and then they would turn away. And what he would have to do is he would have to send prophet after prophet and tell him, turn back, turn back. And the main goal of that was in order for you to be forgiven, you have to turn back, right? Well, fast forward. God's last plan, which really was his final attempt, attempt to re reconcile them to himself, which was really always the first option, and that was to send Jesus. We have to understand that, that Jesus, that God's sending Jesus, sending his one and only son, was not just like this last resort or this like spur-of-the-moment thing. It was the plan from the beginning. The Bible says that he was the, the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world, which meant that God knew exactly what was going to happen here, and he already had the plan to remedy it. And a lot of people a lot of times will say, why even create a planet if people just aren't going to serve you and they're going to do wrong and you're not going to do anything about it? But I want to ask you this. If that were so and God controlled your every move, then is that really love? The answer is no. God created us to have a relationship with him, but he gave us a free will because in choosing him with our free will, that shows we love him, right? 
Like, if I force somebody to do something, that doesn't show any love for me. But he sent his one and only son, and, and if you read in the New Testament, Israel rejects Jesus. Israel rejects Jesus as, as their Savior, the very one that God chose to be the lamb that was slain for their sins to be forgiven. And if you were in Bible study, if you were in life group this past week, you, you, you realized, you found out that it was because of Israel's rejection of Jesus that, that God extended the invitation to the rest of the world. That whosoever should come to him, should repent of their sin and put their faith in him, would have their sins forgiven, that they would be saved, and that they would be made new. That's the gospel. That's the invitation to a relationship with God. And it's the only condition by which he forgives us. You know, people in the world, you know, they believe they have a relationship with God already. It's not true. If that were so, then he didn't send, he didn't, God didn't send Jesus for anything. There is a specific purpose in sending Jesus. So that is the conditions by which God forgives us, is, is us accepting the invitation, us accepting Jesus. Jesus died for everyone to be forgiven, but that doesn't mean that everyone is automatically forgiven. Understand that. God's, for, God's forgiveness towards us, towards mankind, is conditional. He provided the way, but you have to accept that way. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open up, I want you to open up to Colossians 3, 12 through 13 with me. I'm going to be in the New King James. So Paul says this. He says, therefore, as the elect of God... Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I opened up to say that Jesus forgave us. Paul turns around and says that just as he forgave you, you must also do. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have an analytical mind. I don't just like read over stuff and then just go on. But when I, when I see something that says that I must forgive like Christ, even as Christ forgave me, and, and I must do it, and if I don't do it, like, like you know, we have to understand that. Like the Bible tells you to do something and you must do it, and you don't do it, then it's a sin, right? So if, if, if I need to forgive like Christ and I'm, I need to do this, I must do this, then my mind automatically says, okay, if Christ, if I have to, lo- I have to forgive like him, like what does that even look like? Right? And I feel like God highlighted there was three areas of, of the way that, that Jesus forgave us that we need to forgive each other. Right? And we're going to talk about what that actually looks like. We're going to talk what, about what it looks like, what it actually is, and what it's not. Because there's a lot of misconceptions when it, when it comes to uh, forgiving as Christ forgives. Okay? So the first thing is, is what it is, is the first thing is he forgave you completely. When you come to Jesus... It wasn't like he was nitpicking which sins he forgave you of. He, can play, he, he forgave you of everything. Colossians 3, no, sorry, Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, Paul said this, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you what? All trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, that was just sin. That was, that, that was a, it's an idea of indebtedness to somebody. A handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he forgave you, it wasn't like he was saying, okay, Nick, well, you had sex outside of marriage, but you lied a little bit too much, so I can't forgive you of that. No, he didn't nitpick your sin. 
He didn't say, okay, well, this one's, this one's a little bit worse than others, so I, I just can't do that. His, his sacrifice was sufficient, and he forgave you of everything. So if he forgave us completely, and we have to forgive like Christ forgives, what does that mean for us? It means that we have to give, forgive others completely. Who are we if Jesus didn't nitpick our sins, and he didn't pick and choose which ones he forgave us of, who are we to nitpick what others do to us? If we're going to really love like Jesus, if we're going to really forgive like Jesus, then I have to forgive even the worst thing that people do to me. I don't, I don't have the authority to pick and choose. I don't have the authority to say, you know what, this hurt me a lot, so I'm not willing to forgive. No, he's saying, if he forgave you, you must also forgive like him. The second, the second way that Jesus forgives us is this, is he forgets what you did, okay? Hebrews 10, 16, and 17. So not only does he, he, does he completely forgive you, he forgets what you did. This is what the writer of Hebrews said. This is the covenant that will make, this is taken from Jeremiah. This is the covenant that will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will, I will remember no more. That was speaking of the new covenant. That was speaking of what Jesus was going to do, that when Jesus forgives somebody, God no longer remembers those sins. So what is that saying? Are you saying that I have to forget what people have done to me? Did Christ forgive you like that? If we're going to forgive like him, then we have to. But I want to I draw something to your attention. It's not like when, when it says that that. Their, their sins and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more. It's not that God is catching a case of amnesia. It's not that we serve a forgetful God. We serve an omniscient God means that he is all-knowing. He knows everything we've ever done from the time we were born to the time we die. But that, that verse is a metaphor saying when it says that he forgets, when it says he remembers no more, it is a metaphor that means that he knows what you've done and is not holding it against you. And in the same way, when people do things to you, and people hurt you, and they wrong you, it's not always the easiest to say, man, just forget about it. That's great. But one of the problems is when you tell somebody to forget about it, they just start thinking about it even more. How many times you're like, man, just forget about it. Like, no, like this has really hurt me. Like, it's, it's on the forefront. But what that means is if I'm going to forget your sin, I am not holding it against you. It is a conscious decision that says, you know what? I don't care what people have done to me. I know that I'm feeling this hurt. I know that people wronged me. But I am choosing not to hold this against them because Jesus didn't hold my sin against me. Yeah. We cannot hold what people do against them. And that's so, what's so great about God is that even though he knows everything, he knows your lowest lows, he knows your darkest moments, he knows things that you have not told a single other soul in this earth. He knows all of it and says, I'm not holding it against you. It's gone. When he forgives you, he forgives you, and it is, it is on the cross, it is gone. It says that he nailed it to the cross. A lot of people... When you say, you know, forgive and forget, a lot of people say, I'll, I'll forgive and I'll never forget. Let me tell you something about that. Saying, I f I'll forgive but I'll never forget is the same as saying, I won't forgive. You might as well say, I'll never forgive. Because if you're saying that you forgive, you really, if you're saying you forgive and you're not willing to forget about it, if you're not willing to hold what they've done against you, then you really haven't forgiven. I'd mi you might as well just say, well, I'm not willing to forgive them. 
Because that's basically what's, what's being said here is if, I, if I'm not willing to forgive somebody from my heart like Jesus did me and he's not holding it against me, then I'm not really forgiving them. And the third way that, that Jesus forgives us when he forgives us is that he treats you as if you never did it. He treats you as if you never, never did it. Romans 5, 1. Paul said this. He said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What does that word justified mean? Justified means just as if I had never did it. When Jesus forgives you, it's not like he treats you like he has a chip on his shoulder, like you did so much against me. When he forgives you, it's just as if you never did it. And he tells you, just as Christ forgave you, forgive others. When we forgive somebody, we have to be careful that when we forgive them, that we don't treat them the way their sin deserves it. That we don't treat them the way they've hurt us. Because what happens is, A lot of times people will say, I'll forgive them, but then they have a, mad, a bad attitude towards them. That's not God. Imagine you asking God to forgive you, and you're like, Lord, forgive me, and, you, and you're expecting him to be sweet to you, and he's just mean to you. Like, no, that's not him. When he forgives you, he totally forgives you. And he doesn't treat you as your sin deserves, right? There's no animosity on his part towards us after he forgives us. True forgiveness treats people just as if they had never done anything to you in the first place. That is the, the, the miracle of forgiveness. Romans 12, 17, Paul said this. He said, repay no one evil for evil. He said, have, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. So when people do evil to you as a Christian, we don't repay that to them. The Bible says that we overcome evil with good, with blessing, because to this we were called that we may inherit a blessing. I can't treat people how they treat me if I'm going to be called a Christian. And if we're not willing to forgive like this, then we're truly not living how God is commanding us to forgive. And that's what you have to understand something. This is a commandment. This isn't a, a do it if you want to. This is a, if you're going to be a Christian, you got to do it or else you're in sin. Unforgiveness opens the door for the enemy to gain ground in our lives, but forgiveness closes the door to him. Understand that. Forgiveness closes the door to your past. And I want to say this, that your past is not your past until it is in your past. The reason why people have tormenting thoughts about what people have done to them in their past is because they, tr have, they truly have not forgiven that person. Forgiven that person. The reason why it plays like a movie over and over in their head is because they're not willing to let it go and forgive the person. Forgiveness closes the door to that. It closes the door to pain. It closes the door to torment. And it opens the door for God to move in your life. What you have to understand is forgiveness brings healing to your heart. A lot of times, and even in the physical, there are times when people uh, have certain ailments, they have certain sicknesses, they have certain uh, disabilities that they're asking God to heal them, and God won't heal them because they have unforgiveness in their heart. But as soon as they choose to forgive, and as soon as they let go of what they're holding on to people, God heals them. Forgiveness opens the door to healing. The moment you decide to forgive somebody for what they've done to you, God begins to do a work in your heart. 
and begins, begins to heal it from what they've done. Forgiveness makes you whole. It makes you whole. When Jesus died on that cross and he forgave us, he didn't just forgive our sins. That, that word, when it, when it talks about salvation, when it talks about healing, the word is sozo, and it means to make whole. It means to make whole physically. It means to make whole spiritually. God made you whole when he forgave you. And when you forgive others, it repairs the breach. It repairs the breach, and you close the door, and it makes you whole. Forgiveness is meant to bring reconciliation. True forgiveness is not content with simply canceling the debt. Understand this. It is not content with simply canceling the debt. It longs to love again. That's what true forgiveness is. When Jesus forgave you, he was seeking a relationship with you. That was the whole reason why he came. It was to reconcile you to himself. True forgiveness is not just saying, I forgive you, and I don't want anything else to do with you the rest of my life. That's what unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness produces the bitterness. It, forgive, it, it produces the, the hurt and the things that, that, that begin to harden your heart. But true forgiveness is when I can let go of what people don't, have done to me and say, you know what? I want to love that person again. I'm not content with just casting somebody off. My heart longs. And a lot of this, have to, that relationship, a lot of times, has to do with the other person receiving what they've done as wrong. But on your, on your part, your heart must always be open. If you are going to love like Jesus loves, if you're going to forgive like he, he forgives, then you're on your end, you have to be right. And I'm going to tell you this, it's, the, it's, it's, it's so important to forgive quickly when something happens to you. You don't want to just let it fester. Because what you don't understand is, is, is when that bitterness starts to be produced in your heart and that hardness takes over, it, it not only just affects you, it's going to affect your relationships and it's going to affect the people around you and it's going to affect the way you treat others. And, and, and if it's not taken care of, if, if that heart is not healed and the bitterness is let go of, then it will eventually harden your heart towards the very one that forgave you in the first place. You'll harden your heart against God. I remember, I was thinking about this when I was putting this message together, but very first day of daylight savings time, uh, I think it was March 13th, uh, a group of us went to go do Frisbee golf after church one day and we went to uh, City Park in New Orleans to a course we always go to and we were just having fun I mean we were out there it was still sunlight I mean we were just having a blast well I got back to my truck and somebody had busted out the window and broke into my truck and they were looking for firearms they didn't get anything because my gun wasn't in there but they were looking for something in there and I really tried to give them the benefit of doubt I was like man maybe a frisbee hit the window <laughs> Because if you're out there with us, that happens. You throw that frisbee, and it just smacks windows. And we're like, whoa. You know, like you turn around like wasn't me. You know? So I was like, man, really trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then I, it, it became very obvious that somebody had broken it intentionally. And a lot of people, when that happens to them, they, man, their whole demeanor changes. And they, they start treating people bad, and everything's up in our poor, start complaining. But that wasn't my first response. And this is God. Like, people that were there, the guys know this. The very first response to this was not to complain. It was not to uh, 
be mean to anybody or say, I'm going to get them if I see them. No, it was literally like, man, we, we literally stood in a circle and we prayed. And what did we pray for? I said, Lord, forgive the men that did this to me. Have mercy on them and save them. Because what you have to understand is a lot of, a lot of things that people do, they do in ignorance. And I always have to, in the back of my mind, I always have to think of this. is like, man, if this, if this person was saved, would they be doing this to me? Would they be doing it? If they knew Jesus, would they be doing this to me? And I say that lightly because a lot of times Christians do a lot of stuff to each other. I've had a lot, a lot of people do wrong to me. But I chose to forgive quickly because I didn't want that bitterness uprooted in my heart. Because you got to understand, the Bible says that, that don't let any root of bitterness come up lest it defile the many which means that when I'm bitter about something, my bitterness will overspill to you, and then all of a sudden, what I'm offended at, now everybody else is offended at, and it never even happened to them. It'll spill over to your other relationships if it's not, if it's not uprooted, if it's not taken out of your life, if it's not forgiven quickly, right? So that's what forgiving like Christ is like. If we are going to forgive like he said, and we're commanded to, and he says, just as Christ forgave you, you must also do, that's what it looks like. But I'm going to show you what it doesn't look like. Because there's a lot of misconceptions with, with the way people forgive that is not Christ-like, and God is not calling you to. And the first one is this, is, is that it's not conditional on our part. Forgiveness is not conditional on our part. It's conditional on his part, but not our part. In order for God to forgive us, we have to accept his conditions, right? That's the gospel. Yet he tells us to forgive unconditionally. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Jesus said this. He said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Unconditionally forgiving someone is mean, means to forgive them from your heart whether they come to you and repent or not. And that is a very hard thing to, to, to put your mind around because we feel entitled a lot of times that if somebody did something wrong to us, then they need to come and apologize to me, which is true. If you do something, something to somebody, you need to apologize. But I can't wait to forgive you until you come apologize because the truth is that may never happen. What if somebody does something to you and then they leave and they get in a car wreck and you never see them again? You're going to wait you're going to wait to forgive them? They're dead now. We have to forgive whether people repent to us or not, whether they're sorry or not. And do you know why that is? Is because you are not their judge. You are not their judge. You are not the one who they are going to give an account of their life to. He is. That's why he can hold them to a conditional forgiveness because they have to answer to him. They don't answer it to us. He calls us to forgive whether they repent to us or not. The second thing that it's not is it doesn't belittle what they did to you. And what I mean by that is this. When we forgive someone the way that Christ wants us to, we are not sweeping what they did under the rug, but rather releasing their indebtedness towards us and handing them over to God to judge. It's not wrong to want justice to be served in the situation, but it is wrong to seek it by your own hand. The Lord is the avenger, not you. 
Many people have gotten themselves in a lot of trouble by taking things into, into their own hands. Romans 12, 9, Paul, 12, 19, Paul said this. He said, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is what? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Most people don't want to forgive because they feel like if they give it up, who will fight for their cause? You ever been in that situation? Man, I can't let this go. Who's going who's gonna to take up my cause? Who's going to do this? Who's going to see that justice is served? God will. God will. It says that he will repay. That is a promise that if somebody has done something wrong to you, God will repay. I don't have to take things into my own hands. When you let go of a situation, you're letting go of what you can do in it, and you're giving it to him to deal with. And he does a better job at that anyway. You know what I'm saying? Something about God. God is perfect in every way. It's not like that he's like super angry one moment and then super loving the next moment and then, you know, super wise. He's everything at once. So when it comes to a punishment for somebody, he knows exactly what needs to be dealt in their life, and he's the one that is going to be able to administer it. You don't have to do anything. Your job is to forgive them as Christ forgave you. And the third thing that it's not is it's, it's not putting yourself in a place of continual hurt. Forgiving like Christ is not making yourself a spiritual doormat for people to walk on. People just think, well, I just got to forgive like Jesus. They just keep hurting me, but I'm just going to, no, that's not what forgiving like Jesus looks like. I'm not intentionally putting myself in a way where it's going to make, make it easy for somebody to hurt me. And, for, and it's going to make it easy for somebody to sin against me. You don't do that. If you, keep, if you put yourself in a situation where that, that continues to happen, what is that? That's insanity. We all know the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the, to be different results. Well, maybe one day they'll be different. No, you need to make a change. Wisdom says you don't, wisdom says you don't put yourself in a situation where you are continually hurt by a person. That's wisdom. It is okay to put up healthy boundaries especially when you're trying to protect yourself or someone weaker from physical or emotional harm. It is okay to put up boundaries, healthy boundaries. And you shouldn't feel condemned or like you truly haven't forgiven somebody because you get to the point in a relationship where, you, where boundaries are necessary. And you don't even have to worry about if that person understands that or not. A lot of times they're not going to understand and even if you try to explain that to them, it's going to cause a bigger fight anyway. Healthy boundaries are necessary for healthy relationships. So to sum this up, when Jesus forgives us, this is the three things. He forgives you completely. He doesn't hold what you've done against you. And he treats you as if you never did it in the first place. So in other words, he gives us a clean slate. That's why this, this message is called a clean slate. This is what a clean slate is. It's a, a person's record that shows no evidence of any problems, broken rules, etc. And when he cleans your slate, he calls you to turn around and do the same thing to others. If you've had your slate cleaned in this place, he calls you to clean the slate of others. It's not meaning that you are sweeping what they're doing under the rug. It's not, it's not meaning that what they've done to you isn't going to be addressed and taken care of, but it is forgiving them no matter what they do. 
First Corinthians 13, 5. Paul said this, speaking of love, he says, love does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, and it thinks no evil. When it says thinks no evil, it is not saying that, man, I'm just not thinking any evil thoughts. That's not what that is saying. Let's read it in the NIV. Paul says, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Remember what a clean slate was. It's a person's record that shows no evidence of any problems. If we are to love like Jesus loves, if we are to forgive like he, li- he, he forgives, then we keep no record of wrongs. It doesn't mean that you're oblivious to it. It doesn't mean that you don't know exactly what people do. But I clean that slate. I don't hold it against them. But you don't know what they did to me. Clean the slate. But they're not even repenting of it. Doesn't matter. Clean the slate. But they don't deserve it. Neither did we. Clean the slate. And in the act of cleaning the slate of others, you are cleaning your own. Matthew 6, 14, he said, if you, if you forgive others their trespasses against you, your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses. I do not care how spiritual we think we are. Jesus said that if we do not forgive people for what they've done against us, then our sins aren't forgiven. And if your sins aren't forgiven, you are not going to heaven. It does not matter if you are a pastor. It does not matter if you're a worship leader. It does not matter if you are in the congregation. If you do not forgive men what they do to you, he will not forgive you for what you've done to him. We must forgive as Christ forgives us. And you may say, well, I could never forgive them. And that is right. You will never be able to forgive them. But with God, all things are possible. Being able to forgive someone from the heart is a supernatural act, and it is something that the world cannot do. That's why the, the world says, I will forgive, but I will not forget. It's because they cannot truly forgive from their heart. Forgiveness is a supernatural act of God by which he removes any, any ounce of hate, any ounce of wanting to be reconciled, I mean, uh, wanting to be uh, any retribution for what they did. You forgive them as he forgave you. I was reminded of this. I saw this, I saw this video on YouTube a long time ago, but it was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. There was a serial killer by the name of Gary Ridgway. And he killed 48 women. He went down. He was nicknamed the Green River Killer. And he went down as one of the the biggest serial killers in the U.S. And during this trial, he had killed so many women that he didn't even remember them. How do you think that made the family members feel? That you don't even remember who you killed. You killed so many people that you don't even remember the women that you killed. And he confessed the guilty as all of them. He went for a plea bargain to where he, 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 he helped the, the, the police find everybody. But 48 women killed, and he didn't remember. And as the angry family members hurled their insults at him, and they had every right to do it, he had killed their his mother, he killed his sister, he killed a daughter. They hurled their insults at him. He sat stone-faced while they spoke and poured out their heart, a lot of them were weeping and saying, 
how can you not remember her? Even though you don't remember her, we remember her. And he sat there stone-faced just looking at him. Until this elderly gentleman. It's amazing. <laughs> this elderly gentleman who was a father of one of the victims, he walked up to the stand. Very gentle man, very humble man. And he said this. He said, Mr. Ridgway, he said, there are people here who hate you. He said, but I'm not one of them. He said, you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe. And he said, that's what God says to do, and that's forgive. He said, sir, I forgive you. And every other person that would have hurled their insults at him, and he sat stone-faced when he said, I forgive you, the man broke. This killer of 48 women, a heart of stone, a Christian comes and says, I forgive you, though you killed my daughter, and the man breaks. It was supernatural. We are called to forgive as Jesus forgave us because it shows the world what God's able to do for them. Was Mr. Ridgeway forgiven by God? No. Was he repentant? No. Was he guilty of everything? Absolutely. But was this father obedient to forgiving like Jesus? Absolutely. And because he was obedient to forgiving like Jesus, it broke this serial killer. Broke him. Man. When you're able to forgive the worst in people, it shows that Jesus is real and that he really did a work in you, that he really forgave you, that he really forgave you. But I want to tell you this, that you, you cannot give what you've never been given. You cannot give what you've never been given. And what I mean is this, if you've never been forgiven of your sins, if you've never come to Jesus and you've never Good night. 